0: Have you ever seen one of these before, where you're spreading seed out in the hot sun? This is the kind of work my dad would have me and my brother do on Saturdays. Maybe you were watching cartoons, liking your family. I don't know what you were doing. Me and Mike were out spreading seed, or hey, listen, this is what, this, this is, this is what it was like at my house. If we wanted our friends to stay over on Friday night, they had to agree to whatever labor my father had planned on Saturday. Everything before signing a contract that they would get out of bed and work. And I'll be honest, can we just be vulnerable? Are we in the trust tree today? All right, gosh, I wanted to be done so bad with whatever work Dad had conjured up that week. Oh, my gosh, whether it, was, whether it was putting seed out for the dirt yard that he had, whether it was, what? sorry, Dad, whether it was putting hay out for the dirt yard that we had, or if it was building a deck. Listen, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be totally honest with you. I didn't want to do that work so bad, and I was so lazy that my dad would say, Zach, if you don't start working, it's going to be a spanking. And my response was, how many licks? Because <laughs> I was just processing, you know, I mean, if it's only three or four licks, then I can get, what, 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 if I can get out of here, right? No more seed for me. Micah can spread it all. But usually what would happen is he would give me a spanking. Mom would be like, you got to go back out there. And I'm like, I can spank it and Either way, this isn't counseling, so we'll move on. But have you ever wanted something so bad it was all you thought about? It was all you hoped for? It was all that you even prayed for? Now, maybe this happened for some of us a couple of Saturdays ago at Neyland Stadium with that knuckling kick that just cleared the uprights, sealing the wind that broke a 15-year curse. Not me, of course, but you sinners. Um. But when you stop and think about it, right? Well, you don't see many celebrations like that anymore. You don't see people celebrating like that. Complete strangers hugging, coming together, laughing, right, working together to tear down goalposts and carry them like a sacrificial offering through downtown to be thrown into a river. As my friends across the nation asked me why we celebrate in vandalism, I had no answers. (laughs) We just moved past it. But if we're honest, would we say that we don't celebrate like that anymore because there's just not things to celebrate at that level? Would you say, would you say that you think that there's more bad or neutral in your life than good? So much so that to celebrate seems insane. Well, can I tell you that if you're living that way and you are a Christian, then you're living by the world's rules and not by the word's rules. You're living by the world's culture and not by a kingdom culture. Just to be totally honest, you're living the life of a whiner and not the life of a winner, which is who God has called you to be. We actually see one of my favorite characters in the Bible. His name is David. We actually see him in a difficult season before he's king. He's actually being chased by his murderous father-in-law. His father-in-law wants to kill him, right? And while he is being hunted to be killed, we see David in a crazy season pray a crazy prayer. Let me read this to you in Psalms 54. And I just want to encourage you, if you want... To go deeper in your word and you're reading in the Psalms, look and see what the situation was when this Psalm was written. Because what I'm about to read to you in Psalm 54, David prayed while he's being hunted down like an animal. David says this, save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. He says, arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. He says, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. He says, let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. This is important. I want us to see this. David says, I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. He says, you have delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked on you in triumph of my foes. See, David, he's sowing seeds. David spreads out and sows his prayers in the heart of God like seeds, hoping and believing for a harvest of safety. But notice, prayers are not the only thing that David sows when things are hard. He says he gave a free will offering. In Hebrew, that that word free will offering is best understood as spontaneous or abundant gift. Now, even even while David waits, he's being hunted. He shows a sudden and an abundant gesture of generosity and gratitude to God. Heart for the Harvest is a season that we're entering now at Faith Promise where we stop and we give a free will offering to God. Listen, no matter the circumstances of our world, no matter the circumstances of our economy, no matter our personal circumstances, there's not a circumstance that takes us out of being grateful for who God is and what he has done. So as we enter into this heart for the harvest season, we want to ask you, I want, and we're going to spend a lot of time processing this, what harvest is your heart set on? What harvest is your heart set on? Two weeks ago, we had a dinner with a group of people that we call kingdom builders. Now, kingdom builders are people who have committed to give over 10% of their income to what God is doing at Faith Promise. Now, before I tell you what happened, I just want to tell you, if that's you, if you're giving over 10%, or if you want to, you just want to be so committed to the revival that is happening and is coming, that you wanna do that, just put on your communication card that you are or you wanna be a kingdom builder. We'll reach out to you. We'll get you all the information that you need. But at this kingdom builder dinner, in preparation for Heart for the Harvest, because our leaders wanted to lead the way, There was about 400 people, so about 200 families who gathered to pray and ask God to move. And those people alone, not everybody has given yet, but those people alone have already given over $286,000 to win the world to Jesus. Can we celebrate that? It's amazing. That's 200 families. But I want to tell you, the first email I got was from a 17-year-old young man who wanted to give $370 to win the world. He hasn't even graduated high school yet, but he's got a pressure washing business. He didn't ask his parents, he just wanted to win the world. He was moved and willing to do what God had called him to do, to sow seeds for a kingdom harvest. Over the next few weeks, we will look at examples in the Bible and at Faith Promise to see that it doesn't matter who plants the seeds, it doesn't matter who waters the seeds because if we are obedient and we will sow in gratitude, thanksgiving, and obedience, God will cause the harvest to grow. So hey, let me tell you, there's never been a time in our, our personal lives, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our state, in our nation, we've never been so desperate for a harvest or revival. This is a time for us to lead the way right here from East Tennessee. So let's pray and give this time to God. God, we come before you and we ask today that you would move in a way that only you can. Would you soften the soil of our hearts and cause us to be generous, cause us to be evangelists, cause us to be obedient with everything you called us to do. God, please send revival, please choose us. Please, Spirit, as you move, cause us to be obedient, please. It's in your precious and we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I want to welcome promisers and guests. If you join us live at a campus, live online, God behind bars, or if you're later watching us, we are so glad that you're with us, excited for this season that we're in. If you already feel a little bit lost in the tall grass as we talk about a free will offering, hey, that's okay. Free will offering or even a kingdom harvest is not necessarily something that's common anymore. But hey, while we ask the question, what harvest is your heart set on this month during Heart for the Harvest? If you're new, if you're visiting, maybe the only seed that you need to plant is planting you and your family at Faith Promise, committing to be faithful and to be here consistently. And if you want to be a part of what God's doing at Faith Promise, whether it's your first time or whether you've been coming for years, Next Steps is your next step. So join us for Next Steps. Next week is step one. We want to pour into your Purpose. Your purpose is our passion, so come join us for next steps. Now, for promisers and followers of Christ, this season of Heart for the Harvest is an incredible opportunity for us to sow seeds for what we believe God is going to do in us and through us to win the world to Jesus. The model that we follow for a free will offering is all throughout the Bible— However, there's such a clear example that we see in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus that I want to walk us through today. In this moment in Exodus, God has called Moses to build something called the tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle is a place where people could come into God's presence and experience God's presence. It's very similar to what we're wanting to do as we want to plan campuses all across the state of Tennessee, 109, 110 campuses to reach 1% so people can come in not only in contact with God's presence but be filled with God's presence and be sent out to win their world. So it's so apropos that we would look at this moment where there's a free will offering to build the tabernacle. So God gives direction to Moses, and Moses gives direction to the people, much like me and pastor pray about what God's called us to do, and then God gives us direction, then we talk to you. But what I want to do is I want to take a moment and look at what happens after Moses gives the people direction. So it says, then the whole community of Israel withdrew from Moses' presence, and everyone – listen – who was willing and whose hearts were moved, then came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work of the tent of meetings or the tabernacle. Now, here's why this is important. Because listen, listen, it's not about the it's not about the amount. Is your heart moved and are you willing? Let me read you an email I got from a 20-year-old young man at our Anderson campus. He said this: This is all I can give in this year's heart for the harvest. It's a hundred dollars. It's the most I've ever given at one time, but that doesn't matter. This is what God has told me to do. He was willing, and his heart was moved. He said, I'm going to let him lead. It is not a lot, which that's not true, and we'll look at that biblically in a few minutes. He said, it's not a lot, but it's what I can give, and God sees it. I believe God is going to do something great in faith promise. And that's a 20-year-old young man at the Anderson campus who sees, I'm going to sow the most seeds I've ever ever, son, because our world has never needed it like it needs it now. Keeps on going in Exodus, it said, all who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold, jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments. They were bringing all they had, and they all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. It says, everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, fine linen, or goat hair, ram skin, dyed red. The things they had, they were wore something. They were bringing it in other durable leather. And it says, those presenting the offerings of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord. Everyone who had acacia wood or any other part of the work, anything that would be taken to build it, they brought it. Now, let me read you this. It says, every skilled woman spun her hands and brought what she had spun, purple, blue, scarlet yarn, and fine linen. Now, let me read you another email I got. This is from a widow who attends one of our campuses, and I'm gonna read you the whole email because I believe there's some things as we talk about giving generously and sacrificially that she voices, and I want you to see her response. This is a widow who lost her husband who's a pastor. Let's watch how she response. She said, I wanna let you know that I'm committed to do my part, and I pledge to give the $3,750 that you asked us to pray about at the Kingdom, at the Kingdom Builders Dinner I felt like God had already given me an uncomfortable number and what you asked was even beyond that. I have to admit that I struggled with it a bit due to the fact that I have had to pay unexpectedly out of pocket several thousand dollars for my eye surgery that insurance wouldn't cover and my stocks are continually taking a hit in this economy. I'm sure she's not the only one thinking about that in weighing, being generous. She said, I was already beginning to fret a less ugly word for worry about how I was going to give to charities that I support and what God already laid on my heart for heart for the harvest and do Christmas for my family. She's probably not the only one thinking about that either. But whenever you issued the challenge to us last night, this is what she said, I felt in my spirit. This is what she felt the question asked. Can you not trust me to take care of you? Have I not already proven myself faithful to you time and time again? She said Of course, the answer to those questions is yes. A million times over, yes. So looking at this in the natural, my flesh says you're crazy to commit to this. But looking in the supernatural, my spirit says you're crazy not to commit to this and see what awesome things God has in store. Truly, the best is yet to come. Can we just celebrate that faithfulness? Is that not amazing? It's amazing. So not only that, you've got, you've got young adults, you've got widows. It, 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 next in the passage it says, the leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breastplate. I wanna stop and tell you, a, a couple of weeks ago, we were in a meeting and we were praying about Heart for the Harvest, asking God to move and uh, dad or pastor or Dr. Pastor Dad, whatever you call him, he was in there and uh, we had prayed, he was about to walk out and we were praying for Heart for the Harvest and he said, yeah, we're gonna give the biggest gift we've ever given and I saw mom's head whip around. And I was like, oh, that maybe was the first time she may have heard that. And, uh, and uh, so, but, but then even at, at our Kingdom Builders dinner, we're all praying. And dad has his gift prepared. And mom says, hey, I think he needs to be a little bit more. And so I want to tell you, not only the leaders of our church, but there's financial leaders. People giving $40,000, dollars $100,000 because they want to see an eternal harvest. This is what our world, our families, we Need. it keeps on going it says all the israelite men and women who were willing brought the lord a free will offering and all the works the lord for all the works that the lord had commanded them to do through moses heart for the harvest is a season that reminds us the kingdom of heaven comes first let me ask again what harvest is your heart set on what harvest is your heart set on This was a season where God's people gave to God freely. This was whenever God called upon his people to put the kingdom harvest over everything else they saw. And I want you to see what happens. See, it says they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought and carried for the work of constructing the sanctuary. So the people doing the work got it all. And it says the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning because they were going home and asking a question that I want to ask you to ask yourself. They asked, what would you have me bring? They weren't asking the pastor. They weren't asking Moses. They were asking God, God, what would you have me bring to the tabernacle to see the kingdom of heaven come to earth? And we see what happens with that kind of obedience. It says all the skilled workers who were doing the work of the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord has commanded to be done. They're bringing more than enough. Then Moses gave an order and sent this word out to the camp: No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. Listen, please just fill the faith. Just wash over you. It's possible. Abundance is possible. Breakthrough is possible. He had to stop them because what they had brought was already enough for the work. I'm telling you, it's possible. Moses had to stop him from giving because, listen, it may not be in the natural, but abundance is available when God is involved, especially when we will take the scales off our eyes and see that a kingdom harvest is on the line. And you may say, Pastor, I, I don't know if, if you know my situation. There's no way I can be generous. Can I just remind you of something? These people who just got restrained from giving, they were slaves a year ago. They were slaves in Egypt a year ago, yet God provided. On their way out, the Egyptian gave them some gold and gave them, them some things. And a year later, God gives them an opportunity, not an obligation, but a celebration, an opportunity to sow into the kingdom. And they answer the call. Listen, this is the same opportunity that we have right now. This, someone here ask. What harvest is your heart set on? Heart for the harvest is a season of sowing before the harvest, sowing for the kingdom. For this reason, so many people at Faith Promise, we're so excited because what we're sowing into, what we're pouring into, this is gonna go towards seeing the vision that God has given Faith Promise become a reality. The vision that God has given Faith Promise is to we exist to win the world by equipping Christ followers to win their world, starting with 1% of Tennessee, starting with 66,000 people. And some of our initiatives for Heart for the Harvest, they do. They hit the whole world like one hope. We're going to put a Bible. Listen, we're going to put a Bible in every home of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, in every home, We're partnering within this Heart for the Harvest. In this Heart for the Harvest, we're partnering with Fort Tim Bridge in Irgathathi, Kenya in Africa to equip people in poverty to win their world, to work their way out of poverty and to win their world for Jesus. We're partnering with some missionaries in Israel who will be planting Win the World churches in Israel who will equip people and mobilize them to go out and win people to the Messiah, the Jesus, that we worship. Now, some of the initiatives will hit right here in Tennessee. One of them is debt reduction. Faith promise, we have $10.9 million in debt. We have 12 campuses, and we really do. We are looking, we, want, we need to be at 110 campuses to reach 1% of the state of Tennessee. That's gonna take money, it just does. And what I dream about, what I know will happen when we pay that debt off, when cities call and say, we need the transformation in our city, we've got the cash, we can go, we can do it. We'll have the cash, we'll have the leaders, we'll have the people, we've already got the vision. We've already got the spirit of God. We already have the things that matter most. So we're gonna start to pay that off. I believe there's somebody here who can pay that off. And something else we're gonna do that I'm so excited about is we're gonna continue to plant campuses. One of the places that we already see a kingdom harvest starting to bud is in our East Knoxville community, which is one of the places that we are, that we're we're, we're plowing the soil to see a harvest. Check this out and see what God's doing.
1: Welcome to East Knoxville. So East Knoxville is the most diverse area of Knoxville. Uh, It also has a very deep history. And when people think of East Knoxville, uh, you normally think of the Knoxville Zoo, Tennessee Valley Fair, maybe the Botanical Gardens, but it is so much more than that. I'm Brian Brooks. I grew up here in East Knoxville. Uh, So basically born and raised. Went to elementary school, middle school, high school, all here in this area. Got my first job here, started my first business here. Met my wife, started my family here. So I've seen a lot of the good in our area as well as some of the bad. And I don't know if you've noticed as we've been driving, we've not passed any grocery stores or any healthy food locations. And that's food disparity. Luckily, I'm not the only one passionate about helping East Knoxville. I wanna introduce you to Chris Battle. He has Battlefield Farms, and their focus is about bringing fresh produce and fresh foods to people right where they are. I moved here to Knoxville
2: in 2008, and uh, the question that I was raising um, was, how can we, as a church, transform a culture. There had been a recent study that only 20% of Knoxvilleans were going to church on a regular basis, and this is the buckle of the Bible belt. And I began to wonder, if people aren't coming to our churches, do we need to do church differently? Then we started the community garden, and it was in the midst of that that I learned about food disparity and what it means to be in a food desert and the ill effects it has on the community. The USDA says that if one third of your community lives at poverty level and is more than a mile away from the nearest grocery store farmer's market, that you're considered a food desert. From this point here, we are two miles away from the nearest grocery store. Your zip code shouldn't determine your access to available fresh food and vegetables. So we ended up starting a community garden and we're out there I'm out there every morning. And what happened in that first six months, I met more people in the community during that time than the 10 years I had in my office. And then it hit me, maybe this is how we do church. And that's become the beauty of this place for me. We not only serve a need where we are reaching people through our, our veggie van and through our farmer's market that we established, But the second aspect in which the bigger aspect for me, um, the kingdom aspect of it is, is that people come to this place who wouldn't come to our church. And ultimately our goal is that, that they will ask the question, why do I do what I do? And that's when I get to tell them, I do it because of Jesus. I do it because I love the Lord and I do it because I love you. That's what gives me my ultimate purpose. Um, That's what I believe I was called to do, was to give, to share the love of Christ. But I just do it through okra and collard greens and not from a pulpit.
1: Thanks to Chris and Battlefield Farms, one day East Knox residents will have stability with their food. Another person I want to introduce you to is my friend, Kira Wyatt. She runs Connect Ministries and she is passionate about seeing people fight their way through the battle of poverty.
3: I believe that Knoxville is a sanctuary city, that we have always had the volunteer spirit, we have always advocated for those that were least last and lost. Some people did not know that 37915 is the 27th zip code in the United States that has the largest Poverty. That is unacceptable. There is a great need for uh, housing, for love, for spiritual uh, awakenings, compassion. I want to see Knoxville change their attitude about poverty, about uh, homelessness and who's valued and who is not valued, that we are feeding the hungry, making sure that everybody has every need met and an opportunity to come up. I cannot stress that enough. So I challenge you, whether you're an individual, whether you're a pastor, whether you are just a citizen, whoever you are, church, to really look at the Christian message and how we are supposed to take care of the poor, the widows, the strangers, and the orphans. And I challenge you to be a good steward over the good gifts that the Lord has given you to make a difference in somebody else's life.
1: You know, because of Kira's passion and love for people, one day East Knoxville will not have to worry about where their next paycheck's coming from or how to take care of their families. This is our last stop on the tour of East Knoxville. We're at Sharps Ridge, a place where I love to come at least once a week to greet God in the morning, about 15 minutes before sunrise. It's where I pray over East Knox and I dream about what East Knox can be. And this heart for the harvest One of the things I'm asking for you to do is to give. Your giving will help us to have an outreach center where we can store supplies, have meeting space for small groups, prayer inside rather than just in the park. But lastly, and most importantly, I encourage you to pray. Pray for all the initiatives that you heard about today from fighting food disparity and poverty, but also pray for revival. Pray for revival for East Knox, the place where I grew up, the place where I love, the place where you live, because we're all in this together. And to see East Knox have the revival that God has called for it to have, wow, oh, how amazing will that be? Thank you for joining us in this.
0: It's amazing. This is what God has allowed us to be a part of. And I wanna show you something else. Almost exactly in the middle, of the freewill offering that they gave in Exodus and the freewill offering that we will give during Heart for the Harvest, there's another amazing example of a freewill offering right in the middle. This is in the New Testament when the churches are exploding and there's more and more churches being planted, but they're being planted through what we're doing in this series, a free will offering. And Paul gives an amazing challenge to the Corinthian church. He says this, and here is my judgment uh, for you about what is best in this matter, the matter of a free will offering to plant churches. He said, last year you were the first not only to give, but to have the desire to do so. I'm praying we have a desire for a kingdom harvest. He says this, now, now finish the work you so eagerly were willing to do that it may be matched by your completion of it. Let's not just clap for what God is doing through somebody. Let's participate and be that somebody that God's calling us to do. Here, get this. You, for the willingness if the willingness is there the gift is accessible according to what one has not according to what one does not have There's a bunch of biblical examples, but I want to go back to that email that the young man from Anderson sent when he said his hundred dollars, that was the most he'd ever given and the most he had to give. When he said it wasn't enough, or sorry, he said it wasn't much, that is a lie from the enemy. I'm so proud. You know who you are out there, and I'm so proud of you, but can I challenge you in your seat right now? Listen, if The willingness is there. The gift is acceptable based on what you are able to do. I'm asking you, sorry, this is not me. This is not for me. God's asking you, what harvest is your heart set on? And what is he calling you to bring? Listen, we are called to sow and reap a harvest of heaven. It's the most important thing. It's the reason that God made us. This is not just Paul's opinion, this free will offering and planting churches. This is not something he's just tossing out there as a word to that church. This is a kingdom-builded, world-winning principle that not only did Moses, Paul, us, but Jesus shares this. Jesus has a parable that I want to read with you. This is in Matthew 23, and Jesus says this. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. So a farmer went out to do that. And as he scattered seed, some fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it up. And some fell along the rocky place, right? And it didn't have much soil. So it sprang up quickly. But because the soil was shallow, when the sun came out, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root It says, other seed fell among the thorn, which grew up and choked out the plants. Now, that's four opportunities where seeds were sown, but nothing happened. Can I just tell you this? Right here where we are, the spiritual soil has never been as shallow as it is right now. The spiritual soil has never been so shallow. So what does that mean for us? What are we supposed to do with that? We are supposed to prepare. We must prepare the soil. Where do we start? We start with the soil in our own heart. We start with asking God about the soil in our heart. Can I ask you a question? Has the soil of your heart grown hard towards being generous? And hey, I get that you may have gotten there. Through Maybe it's through greed or maybe it's through fear, or maybe it's through insecurity, but whenever you think about the soil of your heart, that it's grown hard. And hey, listen, in our world today, that's a natural response, but our world needs a supernatural response from the church, from this church. And so we're asking to take a moment right now as we enter into our time of generosity for today. As we enter into our time of tithes and offerings for today, I want to ask you to pray through two questions. First, what harvest is your heart set on? If you're not sure, check the sowing. Where do you sow? Another question I want you to pray through in these few
2: moments is, is, what would God have me bring?